This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. This is the Learn Jazz Standards Podcast, episode 66. Welcome to the LJS Podcast, where you get weekly jazz tips, interviews, stories, and advice for becoming a better jazz musician. And now your host, he's a jazz musician, author, and entrepreneur, Brent Bartstra. What's up, what's up everybody, Brent here, I'm the jazz musician behind LearnJazzStandards.com Welcome to another episode of the LJS Podcast Welcome, whether it's your first time listening, so glad you're here Or if you're a regular listener, thanks so much for coming back week after week Super appreciate it Now on today's episode 66, I got a value-packed episode for you Today I'm going solo, we've been having some awesome guests on the show by the way Last week we had... Award-winning composer Jeff Schneider on the show. What a great episode. But today, I'm going solo, and I'm going to be talking about five of the most important jazz musicians that you need to be listening to. These jazz musicians have made a huge impact on jazz music. And so if you want to become a better jazz musician, if you want to be educated about this music, you've got to be checking these guys out. Now, I'm going to be going into that in just one more second. Before I continue, I just want to say... If you get value from this podcast, this is 100% free for you to listen to week after week, but if you want to give back, a really easy, simple way to do that is to leave a rating and a review on iTunes. And guess what? For the rest of June 2017, we're going to be running a really cool, fun raffle. It's a $50 raffle for leaving a rating and review. Now, how do you get into this $50 raffle? All you have to do is go to iTunes and leave a rating and a review, and then email us at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash contact. Let us know what nickname you used for your rating and review on iTunes, and that way you get entered into our $50 raffle, which allows you to spend $50 in our store on learnjazzstandards.com, whether it's on our ebook Zero to Improv, or it's on our e-course 30 Days to Better Jazz Playing, or any of the jazz play-alongs that we have for you to use. You get to use that. So not only are you going to be supporting this podcast, help other people find this podcast, help us continue producing this podcast, you're going to get entered into a raffle. And if you're listening from the future, no worries. You still get to support Learn Jazz Standards. All right, let's talk about today's show. Now, I am fully anticipating that I'm going to get some serious hate mail over this episode, or at least some controversial comments on the show notes today, because I can imagine people going... I can't believe you listed these five musicians, but not these other musicians. You know, how could you mention this guy and this guy, but not these other guys? I mean, there's so many important jazz musicians out there. Everybody's going to have an opinion about who are the most important to listen to. But hear me out really quickly. These particular five musicians made huge impacts on the music, and they were huge innovators. And not only were they innovators, they changed the trajectory of the music. Like they really made an impact. So w- there's a lot of guys you should be listening to, a lot of guys you should you should check out. And if you check out any of these five guys, you will f- discover others that are really important. 
But these are really important characters that you have to study. If you want to become a better jazz musician, you want to get educated about jazz, you've got to listen to these musicians. Now, they don't have to be your favorite musicians. Some of these guys are not my favorite musicians, not my favorite music to listen to, but you have to be educated and you have to take a listen to them. All right, so without further ado, let's jump in. I'm going to also talk about some of their albums you should listen to, and we're going to even listen to some of their music. All right, so let's jump into today's show. Here it is. Let's go. You can find today's show notes at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 66. That's episode 66. There we'll have a little summary of all these musicians we're talking about today. But let's start with number one, the number one most important jazz musician you need to listen to. And I can almost hear you saying his name. It's Louis Armstrong. Now, of course, Louis Armstrong is one of the most famous jazz musicians that has ever existed, and most people around the world know who he is for really good reasons. Now, have you ever, you know, I'm sure you've listened to his music, like you probably heard it in a restaurant or a hotel lobby, him singing with Ella Fitzgerald or something like that, but have you ever really checked out his music? Have you ever really investigated him other than just hearing some singles here and there? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Louis. He's uh, He has some nicknames, Satchmo or Pops. Again, really responsible uh, for bringing jazz to the spotlight. He really is the guy responsible for everything that's come up till now. He inspired many of his contemporaries and musicians to follow. He had this really big personality, right? He was a showman. He had this iconic gravelly voice and equally iconic trumpet sound. It just got everybody's attention. Now, again, he's the guy that really led the way into what we have going on now. And that's not to say that he started jazz. You know, jazz has always been an evolution. You know, Lewis comes from New Orleans. New Orleans is where the music started. Uh, Louis Armstrong's mentor was King Oliver. He played in King Oliver's band. Like, that's really how he uh, kind of came to what he is. But his trumpet sound was just iconic. Like, it, it just changed everything. And so the way Armstrong revolutionized the music was by making the focus about the individual soloist rather than just collective improvisation and call and response because the music that was really coming out of New Orleans was really coming uh, back from its African American roots from uh, you know the blues and all this stuff with the call and response and and musicians improvising all together at once and you do hear that in Louis Armstrong's music especially with his Hot Five and his Hot Seven bands which we're going to talk about in a second. But he was really responsible for just saying, no, now I'm going to play a solo and I'm going to be the spotlight here. And his trumpet sound just was huge, like huge. It drew everybody's attention. So he was just a huge impact on jazz and just everything after Louis Armstrong. I mean, Louis Armstrong is really the guy and then everything just comes after him. So not to say that he was the first guy. But he was really the prominent innovator in jazz that kind of just led the way. It was like a domino effect. Things just kept going after him. Okay, so he's done a lot of famous stuff. Of course, I just talked about uh, his famous vocal recordings with Ella Fitzgerald and all this stuff. Now, which albums should you really listen to? I mean, you should check out as much stuff. Just Google all of his stuff and check it out. But I would definitely say to check out his Hot 5 and his Hot 7 bands. All right, now let's listen to a little clip from a Hot 5 album, Louis Armstrong. This one is called You Made Me Love You. Listen in. (laughs) 
All right, now the second musician I want to talk about is Duke Ellington. Duke Ellington's orchestra was hugely famous in the swing area and beyond. I mean, he's still famous today, still well-known. Now, he was really an iconic musician to talk about because he was a masterful composer, and he's contributed to thousands of songs in the Great American Songbook. In fact, he's known for writing over 3,000 songs in his lifetime. I mean, that's almost incomparable. Like, he was just this huge composer. I mean, and so he wrote some really famous songs you probably know, like It Don't Mean a Thing, If It Ain't Got That Swing, or Mood Indigo, Satin Doll, In a Mellow Tone. I mean, all these songs. I mean, that's just naming a few. And he just made a huge impact on the music, and and especially during that time. But again, we're still playing these jazz standards today that he's written. So he's incredibly important to talk about and really important to check out. Now, I know a lot of people know who Duke Ellington is, but again, kind of like Louis Armstrong, you know, if you're not really uh, investigating him, you can miss a lot of stuff that he did. So let's talk about uh, some albums that you should probably check out. For the Ellington Orchestra, be sure to check out Never No Lament. It's a Bluebird recording. Uh, another really good one is Ellington at Newport, 1956. It's actually one of the most celebrated live recordings ever, uh, really centered around this uh, really big, thrilling, long solo by his tenorist, Paul Gonzalez. So it's just really kind of a famous live recording. So Ellington at Newport is really good. Uh, some really early ones, like from the late 20s, like Jungle Nights in Harlem is a good one too. Now, also, Ellington, of course, is a piano player and For the most part, he wasn't really celebrated as a piano player, but he came out with some great albums that really feature him as a pianist. And one is Money Jungle. That's a great one to check out. It's Duke Ellington, Charles Mingus, and Max Roach. Now, he also did one with John Coltrane. It's just Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. So definitely check that one out too. Okay, let's listen to a little sample of a song. This one is from Never Know Lament, and it's called Harlem Airshaft. All right, the next musician we're going to talk about is huge. So number three is Charlie Parker. All right, Charlie Parker. Hopefully you've heard about Charlie Parker. He is the alto saxophonist that really pioneered the style of jazz that we call bebop. Now, during around the World War II time, all the soldiers are out in World War II fighting the war. Now, in the United States, when they came back to places like New York City, And they were going to the clubs to go do some dancing, you know, because in the swing area, it was all about the big bands and dancing. They go to the clubs and they're hearing something a lot different and it's not what they expect. And it's called bebop, which is essentially what happened when after the, the big swing bands would play their gigs, they would go out to different clubs and they'd have what we call cutting sessions where they would all solo and battle each other and improvising over different songs. And out of this kind of progression 
came this music bebop, which is really focused on virtuosity. And that's what Charlie Parker really was the pioneer of, him and Dizzy Gillespie. But Charlie Parker really was the guy doing it, and he was just known for his virtuosity. I mean, he was uh, writing these songs that were basically solo. The melody were basically like solos in and of themselves. And then he just had insane technique. He could you know, blow over changes like no one's business. He was just this insane character and musicians around that time were just piling into the clubs to hear him play and trying to mimic how he sounded like. And really, it was just contagious. Like Sonny Stitt got all of his stuff from him. Sonny Rollins, uh, uh, Jackie McLean. I mean, I mean, we really could go on forever of how many people were really influenced by Charlie Parker. He was a huge innovator in the music, like big time. Like everybody wanted to sound like Charlie Parker. So... When it comes to jazz, really bebop is kind of still the base language of what we use even in modern times for jazz. I mean, even in modern jazz, like you can still hear the bebop is still there. I mean, even in the most obscure modern jazz, it's still there. So Charlie Parker was a guy that really made jazz turn a different direction, different corner. And, and essentially, to be honest with you, turn jazz from being a popular music into a music that was really more about the art of it, right? It was more about the virtuosity, showing off your stuff. Now, what Charlie Parker albums do you listen to? Now, Charlie Parker is one of those guys where if you look him up, you're just going to find compilation after compilation of his stuff. So really, anything you look up of his, you're going to find these albums that are just full of uh, greatest hits. But some specific ones maybe to look at are uh, Bird and Diz. That's a good one. Bird, of course, is, is his nickname. Charlie Parker, Bird, is what they called him. Uh, and... You can also check out uh, Yardbird Suite is a compilation, I believe. And uh, Charlie Parker with Strings is a really iconic one. It's him playing with an orchestra. Uh, The Best of the Complete Savoy and Dial Recordings is a great one if you just want to get a bunch of his stuff. All right, so let's listen to uh, a tune, a bebop tune by Charlie Parker. You may know this one. This one's called Moose the Mooch. This is just a little clip. just taking a little break from today's show to talk to you about our flagship ebook zero to improv zero to improv is a book that teaches you how to become a great jazz improviser from the ground up no stone is left unturned this isn't your ordinary music book zero to improv it calls you to action it's packed full of improv and jazz theory lessons you'll start from the beginning and build up all of the skills and knowledge that you need to become a great jazz improviser There's audio examples included for all of the music notation of the book, and versions are available for C, B-flat, E-flat, and bass clef instruments. It's designed for all skill levels. 
If you want to learn more about Zero to Improv, go to zerotoimprov.com. That's www.zerotoimprov.com. All right, the fourth jazz musician I want to talk about today, super important to know, to listen to, is Miles Davis. Now, Miles Davis, you probably know who Miles Davis is. He's, again, one of these super famous guys. Most people have heard of him. Uh, he his, Probably his famous album is Kind of Blue. It was a top seller in the day, and it's one of those jazz albums where, where you're, if you're studying jazz, everybody says to listen to that album because it just has so much uh, rich material in it. Now... He was an amazing musician, great trumpet player. He had a very simple, uh, smooth sound. He actually got his start with Charlie Parker's band in the bebop era, kind of after uh, Dizzy Gillespie left the band. Miles was in there, and he was playing with Charlie Parker. So that's really what he was getting. He was cutting his chops. He was getting his start. But then he really became a, a musician in and of himself. Now, why is he an important character to talk about? This guy is actually really important for multiple different reasons it's not really just that he was a great player you know because he was a great player but that in and of itself wouldn't make him uh as famous as important as he really is now here's uh some reasons why he's important miles had his hand in multiple different genres within jazz so like i just mentioned he was in the bebop era with charlie parker and then he was involved in the cool jazz scene that was kind of the more west coast more easygoing uh relaxed vibe that was going on over there uh, birth of the cools album he was involved with that particularly uh, he was involved in hard bop so all those prestige recordings like smoking relax and cooking those albums that's like hard bop 101 the east coast hard bop uh kind of a vibe he was uh really an innovator of modal jazz so modal meaning like you know you got you know very few chords normally and they're not diatonically connected to each other. The most famous modal song that he has is So What? That's off a of kind of blue. It's just D minor 7 to E flat minor 7. That's it. And it's really based off the idea of using the modes to play. Uh, the chords are not diatonically connected to each other. He also went off into the free jazz thing, too. He did some free music. Uh, he did that with his later uh, quintet, quintet, you know, with Tony Williams and Herbie Hancock and all these guys. Um, so he was involved in that. I mean, and really up to his death, he was like doing pop music at the end. You know, that's what he was doing. So he was just involved in all these different styles in jazz, and he just always kept evolving with the times. Oh, and I can't forget to mention uh, his involvement in jazz fusion. Like he had this al albums like Bitches Brew in a silent way. Uh, they were really in the fusion, like the, when electronic music started coming out, like electronic instruments started coming out. He was heavily involved in doing that. Now, the other thing that makes... Miles Davis, a really important figure, is he had this unique ability to build bands of young musicians that eventually went on and become important jazz musicians themselves. Uh, musicians like John Coltrane, Bill Evans, Cannibal Adderley, Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, Tony Williams, Keith Jarrett, Chick Corea, John Schofield. Those are just a few of the musicians that came out of the bands that he had. He just had this ability to see potential in young musicians, uh, bring them together with like-minded players, and create really incredible powerhouse bands. Um, so that was another thing is just, he just had this sense of finding the right musicians and putting them together. And just then after that, once they had, you know, honed their chops and miles as bands, just going off and, and creating their own music. Okay. So what, uh, miles Davis albums to listen to have already mentioned some of them. Of course you got kind of blue, super important. 
And then you got the prestige recordings, which are some of my favorites, the cooking, relaxing, steaming, working. Basically, he was trying to kill a contract with prestige records to move on to another company. So he just recorded all these four albums, I believe in like, I don't know if it was a day or a couple days, something like that. Um, and then check them out with, with Charlie Parker. Just Google search Miles and Charlie Parker. There's a bunch of compilations of that. Uh, again, in the cool jazz thing, he did Birth of the Cool. Uh, he um, had albums like Someday My Prince Will Come. That's a really good album. Then he had a lot of important recordings where he really switched styles uh, with his second great quintet, which was Wayne Shorter, Herbie Hancock, Ron Carter, Tony Williams, and himself. Uh, some of those albums are ESP, Miles Smiles, uh, Sorcerer, Nefertiti. Uh, there's a few other ones there. Again, I also mentioned some of his fusion stuff like Bitches Brew uh, is an important album. He also did uh, an album, Gil Evans, Sketches, uh, Sketches of Spain. So that's another important one to check out. So, so much Miles Davis. It's almost overwhelming the amount I gave you, but a lot to check out there. All right. So here's one from Miles Smiles. It's called Orbits. Here's a little clip. All right, the final jazz musician I want to talk about today is John Coltrane. Now, John Coltrane was a massive innovator. He is really considered the father of modern jazz. He kind of took jazz where it was going and started making it turn a corner a little bit. A lot of modern jazz musicians today uh, really have some influence with John Coltrane, especially if you listen to saxophone players, especially out here in New York where I'm from. You can definitely hear a lot of influence from him. And he really started taking the music into the even more virtuosic level. If Charlie Parker kind of took the music from the swing era and made it, you know, gave it a big curveball, I mean, John Coltrane really did that. So he kind of got a start uh, in Philadelphia. He was going to music school out there. He got a start in some bands over there. But really, Miles Davis took him under his wing and made him part of his first quintet. Again, we were talking about Miles Davis bringing these great musicians together into bands and then sending them off onto their own. This was one of those cases. So he was really involved in, and again, all those prestige albums, working, cooking, relaxing, all those albums, steaming. And those are great albums to listen to and play. He sounds amazing. He's got this insanely unique sound on his saxophone, like really unique. Uh, a lot of people have tried to imitate it just because it's it's really unique. It's got a really big amazing sound so once Coltrane started doing some work with Miles he kind of branched off on his own started doing other things he's got a really famous album called Blue Train really important album that that song where he has that song Moments Notice on and others and then he really innovated the music with his uh, it's what we call Coltrane changes on his album Giant Steps and particularly the tune Giant Steps he started implementing this harmonic structure that he would superimpose onto other songs 
really interesting, you know, moving in uh, chords, moving in major and minor thirds. And, you know, he would take a lot of songs like traditional songs that already existed and implement these changes over top. So he really innovated the music that way by kind of implementing his own uh, kind of harmonic style into the mix. And again, just making everything incredibly virtuosic. You know, he eventually went on to record an amazing album, A Love Supreme. He uh, claimed it was his masterpiece, very spiritual album, um, you know, re- really great one to listen to for sure. And then at the end of his career, he was really going off into the free space a lot. Uh, but John Coltrane, huge innovator. You have to really know his music. Now, I've already li- listed some albums you should listen to of his. Uh, he's got all those prestige al- uh, albums that he's on with Miles Davis. He's got an album called... Um, Coltrane Jazz, that's a great one, has a great recording of My Shining Hour on there, and then he has a really awesome one called Coltrane Sounds, is a great album to listen to, then Giant Steps is in there, Giant Steps obviously is where he really started innovating, turning a corner, now he also had a famous quartet with McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, Elvin Jones, Uh, sometimes Roy Haynes was in there as well, Uh, and there's a lot of great albums you check out from that, there's Impressions, uh, you could check out Live at Birdland. He also has a Live at the Village Vanguard as well. Those are really good ones to check out. Now, I did mention before with Duke Ellington, he actually has one with Duke Ellington. It's Duke Ellington and John Coltrane. Uh, he has one with Kenny Burrell, the guitar player Kenny Burrell. I believe it's the only guitar player to do uh, a recording with John Coltrane. Maybe someone will correct me if that's not true. Uh, and then we have, uh, I mentioned a Love Supreme he has, oh, a great one, John Coltrane and Johnny Hartman, the singer. That's a really good album to check out. Oh, and I, I can't forget to mention Ballads. That's uh, McCoy Tyner, Jimmy Garrison, and Reggie Workman. Uh, I think Elvin Jones is out there as well. So, yeah, check out that. Man, there's so much John Coltrane. I mean, I could just go on forever. So let's just uh, settle on listening to one. This is a track called 26-2. Now, this is John Coltrane putting his Coltrane changes over Charlie Parker's composition, confirmation. (laughs) So let's listen to this. Uh, This is very interesting little clip. Alright, that's all for today's show. I want to thank you so much for listening. Thanks for tuning in. You can view the show notes for this episode today at learnjazzstandards.com forward slash episode 66. You can also let me know how mad you are at me for not including uh, X musician today in today's show. If you'd like to give back, of course, go to iTunes, leave us a rating and review. Remember, we have our $50 raffle to use in our store going on. Just go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash contact if you'll leave a rating and a review and let us know that you did so. 
That would be super awesome. Now, next week, we're going to be coming out with a brand new episode 67. I'm looking forward to seeing you back then. Thanks for listening to the LJS Podcast, brought to you by LearnJazzStandards.com. Subscribe to the series on iTunes. And don't forget to join our jazz community at LearnJazzStandards.com forward slash newsletter. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.